Hello everyone, and welcome back to The Dub for another episode of the Walk This Way podcast. I'm Corbin, your host, and I'm here today to talk about one of, in my opinion, the least discussed shows on the Disney Plus platform. Whether you jam to let it go in your car, or can name all the Avengers off the cuff, this podcast is for you. So, grab a chair, grab a coffee, and grab a movie. Because today, I'll be sharing some thoughts on Legend of the Three Caballeros. Last month, as I was scrolling through the second season of DuckTales on Disney+, I came across a show in the suggested section that completely blew me away. The name read Legend of the Three Caballeros, And, to make a long story short, I haven't ever watched a season of TV so quickly. Legend of the Three Caballeros chronicles the adventures of Donald, Jose, and Panchito, the Three Caballeros, as they travel around the world and seek to overcome the evil Lord Feldrake. It feels like it came straight out of a classic Donald Duck cartoon, and there are some great moments throughout the first season. In order to learn even more about the show, I reached out to a few of the people who made this show possible. Today I'm speaking with two of the composers for the show, Mr. Gabriel Mann and Mrs. Rebecca Newble, as we talk about what The Legend of the Three Caballeros' first season means to them and how their work was reflected in the final outcome. Both of these composers have worked on some great family-oriented shows over the past few years, ranging from High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, and Sydney to the Max, to Dawn of the Crudes and the Hot Wheels series. I have truly admired their work over the years, and I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to speak with them today about one of my recent favorites, Legend of the Three Caballeros. Without further ado, let's jump right in. Hi, guys. Hi, Corbin. Hi, Corbin. It's Gabe. This is Becky. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. So what was your first experience working with the Walt Disney Company? The first thing I did with them was a song for the um alice in wonderland movies that came out in or in like 2007 or 2008 somewhere around there there was an almost alice soundtrack which was like an inspired by soundtrack and i did a song called painting flowers with Jeannie lurie and steve major and it was performed by all time low that was the first thing i really did for them this was the first this was the first official sort of disney company show that i had worked on Although we should probably say it, this was not our first experience working with the production team, with Matt Danner, the director yeah. of Three Cabs, who we had done um, quite a bit of music before through Mattel on these Hot Wheels movies. And that was the first glimpse of, I feel, seeing into the mad, zany brain of Matt Danner. And, and honestly, like his approach to Three Cabs is like not that different from what it was like working on Hot Wheels movies either. His general nuttiness. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really what separates Legend of the Three Caballeros from other Mickey or Fab Five themed shows um, like DuckTales or the Mickey Mouse shorts. They weren't afraid to do something different, and I really appreciated that. There were times that were quirky, which was awesome, and there were times that were completely unexpected. And I love that you could be transported from Goblin Jail to the cruise ship almost on uh in the underworld i thought that was kind of just that you could hop between so many completely different locations and still remain cohesive in the storyline i think matt danner and the team really pulled that off great were you guys a fan of the three caballeros film before working on the show 
If so, how did your team seek to combine elements of the original film in the new episodes? Um, I did. I didn't. I had no idea where the three caballeros was. Me either. I didn't know anything about it. And then once I did know about it, I knew we. There's so little about it. There's just the movie from like the '40s or whatever. I mean, really, this the music in this show is very. It's like a modern. It's modern animation music. So it had it. It pays tribute, especially in the in the pilot episode. It pays tribute to you know classic Disney animated music vibes with the whole thing with donald duck running around and like it's very you know we're hitting every single thing on the nose and when things go up they go up and when things go down they go down and when things are fast they're fast and when they're slow they're slow and when it's a birthday you do the birthday song (coughs) it's like carl stalling meets the goonies that was kind of what the directive was yeah, and I think that's definitely true with the first episode. Um, you can tell there's a lot more like Foley, more sound effects kind of things where Donald runs into something, you hear the sound of a crash of cymbals or whatever. I felt like they really highlighted that a lot in the first episode. And it felt like a Mickey Mouse cartoon. It felt like a classic Donald Duck cartoon um, from the 50s or whenever they were making their cartoons. And I really, that's what I liked throughout the show, but especially the first episode, I really noticed that as well. Yeah. Anyway, as it goes as it goes further along, it becomes I guess there is such a thing as like a more modern version of what animated music is, which is just a little more epic than old animation was. And certainly for this particular show where they're traveling all over the world, you know, we were referencing all the different places in the world and it's all very full on in that direction. So when they're when they're in the desert, it's very deserty. When they're in space, it's very spacey, stuff like that. Yeah. And also in terms of like combining elements of the original, like we did get to use that theme all over the place. Like it's everywhere, yeah. every episode and anytime they're showing their three cabs teamworkness, like we get to hear that theme in like a thousand million different ways. And so that was, that was fun. Yes, exactly. One of my favorite aspects of Legend of the Three Caballeros is its ability to transport viewers to a variety of different locations, ranging from a goblin jail to the Nazca lines of Peru. How does the orchestration reflect these vastly different settings? Well, it totally does exactly that. It's like when you're in jail, it's dark and scary and ugly. And when it's in Peru, it's Peruvian. And we were very careful to be as authentic as we could in those different locations when it goes to space i mean there's no authentic space music but like there's uh but there's you, you know, get we, robot black metal that's yeah. first what happens in space <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah we're very we were very that's one of the things about i think working on this project that is super fun is that you get to go all over the place musically there's all these different styles and it's super fun you know when you're in ancient greece you get to write ancient greek music whatever that is you know so we so that the composition directly reflects those places yeah and also the fun of getting to go like stopping on a dime cutting into other kinds of wackiness in the middle of these settings like um what's the episode i'm thinking of that disco party boat in the underworld yeah episode that like was the, like the elevator thing when they're uh-huh. like in the there's elevator music when they when when he's flying in his jet to the top of the mountain and i yeah. don't know there's it's super the other thing is that you have to sort of be careful to not use that kind of specific stuff in places that are not those places 
so like you know what i mean you like you can't be spacey when you're not in space so that's also a thing very true and i think that's one thing that's great about legend of the three caballeros is that it doesn't just fit in a box like you said Each episode is wildly different from each other, and it goes to places where you honestly never thought the story would go. Not that it deviates from its original idea of being a kid-oriented show, but there's elements included in there to keep you on the edge of your seat. Um, You don't know what's going to happen, and I think Lord Feldrake and all those people present themselves as formidable villains in the end, and they really kind of keep you on your toes with where you're going to go next. And I think the score reflects that because... The score is as unexpected as the places they travel. You go from one place, like you said, with Peruvian music, and then you hop over to the underworld and it's completely different. I think the score contributes to that, and so I really applaud you guys for making such a great score um, to take viewers along that journey. Mr. Man, I absolutely loved your rendition of the Three Caballeros theme song. How did you use aspects from the iconic Caballeros song in creating a new theme song? Well, it is basically the original theme song, but it's a new man. That when we were doing that, I remember it very distinctly. Do you remember, Becky, like what the difference is between this new one and the old one? Well, the biggest I, thing was the timings of it. We had to be so specific about getting it to a particular time. I remember doing like didn't yeah. I, it felt like ten different versions of different lengths using different pieces of lyrics because the original like. Like two and a half minutes long or yeah, something. Yeah, the original is very long, and we made a long one, um, but then it got reduced because things get reduced. And then um, the other thing I think was that it needed to be larger in scale, like it needed to be a bigger scope. So it starts out, you know, kind of the way the original one does, but then it goes, it has sort of a larger orchestral uh, thing behind it. So it's less of a small little ensemble and more of a larger scale epic thing because it's the legend of the three caballeros it's not just like these little guys running around it's a much bigger concept it's like all over the world and it sort of has a larger feel yeah these kind of global influences also that's also i think part of maybe you know in some reason like why i think americans in general are not so familiar with this franchise but people in like brazil yeah they are. Like, they grew up with Jose, as I learned is actually how you pronounce it. It's not Jose, but Panchito uh, right. and Adana. Like, they're, these characters mean things to other people around the world that, that Americans, I think, are not used to. But, oh, you know, what I wanted to mention about the theme song is that we should talk about Neve Toar for two seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our uh, studio trumpet player, Neve Toar, who's in the other room and who did a lot of the orchestration on this show, played the trumpet and killed it. And he actually played all over the score. There's tons of trumpet in this show because there's, so you know, by when you reference the theme and when I, I can't even remember who we, who the trumpet is for. Was it the trumpet? We sort of assigned it to somebody at some point to one of the three of them. Is that true, or is it, or is it, was it Panchito. sort of generally? No, it's Panchito. It, well, okay. Oh yeah. Next, there's like the mariachi stuff for Panchito, which he has like his own little theme that happens. But then Donald has this muted, crazy trumpet that happens like any time Donald gets mad and goes crazy. Yes. <laughs> and we yes. just wrote the silliest, weirdest stuff for that, and let Neve go nuts all over it, and you can hear that everywhere. So every time he. He's mad and he's bashing things up. You hear Neve's trumpet like growling around underneath. Yeah. Um, so he's, just, I mean, he's like, he's just all over the score in a great way. Yeah. Mrs. Newble, 
So I noticed that you've also worked on other family-oriented shows, um, like Dawn of the Cruise on Netflix and Sydney to the Max on Disney+. How did your work on Legend of the Three Caballeros compare to working on those shows? Well, they're all, I mean, they could not be more different. Uh, Sydney to the Max is a live-action young person show on Disney Channel, a sitcom, and Dawn of the Cruise, which... Gabe and I did together is maybe a little more similar to working on this just because it's animated. But again, like that, the sound of the Dawn of the Croods was so uh, prehistoric, prehistoric, right? Like these weird rock sounds and guitars. And it was, it was a contained environment of sounds as opposed to this was so like, there just was nothing was um, nothing was off the table sonically for three cabs. Yeah. Um, but they were very different. They're different people who make these shows and they want different things out of the music. And um, it's uh, yeah, not that many similarities, I don't think, between the three. Yeah. And I can't think of many other shows off the top of my head um, that have settings as wide as you guys do with a Three Caballeros. I mean, most people stay within a certain realm. Even on DuckTales, they do travel around, but a lot of their stuff takes place within Duckburg. Um, even with this show, they're all over the place. Um, so I really enjoyed getting to travel to all these places with the three cabs and then having that kind of home base that they came to, that quirky camp area that they came to every day. So that was kind of cool. Do either of you have a favorite episode of Legend of the Three Caballeros? Um, Gabe, do you have a favorite episode? Oof, uh, I did like the Goblin Jail episode, but I but I actually think that my favorite might be the Shangri-La when they go to Shangri-La and we have the Yeti. That is my favorite for sure. I love that. It's <laughs> it just so it just was so random, and and I remember we're seeing like the drawings of like this like endless line of Yeti that all look exactly the same. And I remember writing that song, and that just was so fun. It sort of launched the whole vibe of that particular episode. It was, I just was really into that. It was, it's very Matt Danner and its wackiness. I don't know. That's my kind of stuff, too. I like that. <laughs> I think that is also my favorite episode. And maybe it's just because, right. So we wrote these songs together with our friend Jeannie Lurie, who we've known for a very long time. And the three of us had also some flexibility with the scripted lyrics to sort of change them and make them into these really funny songs and kind of gather them together. But the first time we got to see the the animatics and the animation coming in to after we recorded the songs, to me, I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. It was so fun and so funny and cute. And, yeah. And that Yeti song was just wacky. Yeah, and the whole like psychedelic Donald dream kind of thing was really cool. I think the story plot in terms of that episode isn't necessarily what's important but it's the more of the wackiness like you said that keeps you drawn in and that's why i love that episode too um my favorite would probably be the goblin jail episode i just love the goblin jail song i really caught up with that one and the story was just kind of formidable and it was really nice you guys may be able to answer this or not but is a second season of legend of the three caballeros in the works we don't know. We don't know. Nobody tells us anything. We're in, in touch with Matt, but there is no definitive answer on that yet. And I think with, in the current situation of Hollywood, it is difficult to predict. What I will say is that on the positive side of the scale, making animated shows seems to be easier to accomplish in quarantine than making live action shows. Yeah, and I noticed that too um, with what I heard coming from Marvel's What If show, um, the animated series, that they're kind of moving along with that. They're able to still do some work on it. And so that's really promising for the future of the three cabs. So 
it's possible, um, depending on how many people are watching it on um, Disney Plus, which I don't know the, the answer to that. But if a lot of people are watching it, then they'll basically that's all that ever depends on. If a lot of people watch it and there's a real demand more. for it, then they'll make more. But I don't know. We don't have any great inside information about that. We'll know probably not much before you know. Maybe even after. Yeah. <laughs> it was super fun. We would like to do more. So tell all your friends so and we can do more. It would be really fun. Is the execs, if you're out there listening. Yeah. <laughs> would love to do some more. We're ready. We're just sitting here organizing drawers and cleaning out closets and things like that. Well, I'm definitely going to be telling my friends about it for sure. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. And I really enjoyed getting to talk with you about this show that I've just come to love. And I appreciate all of the great musical work and the stylings that you guys made on the show's first season. And I'm excited for what's to come. Thanks again, guys. And have a great one. Thanks, Corbin. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Well, there you have it. I had such a great time chatting about the Three Caballeros with these two awesome composers, and I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. And I encourage all of you to go check out Legend of the Three Caballeros on Disney+. Plus. You definitely won't regret it. And I have a question for all of you. Is there a show on Disney+, Plus that you've been meaning to watch but haven't watched yet? Send us an email at thewdwpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be sharing some of your feedback in our upcoming episodes. If you want to stay updated with some of the great things happening with the Walk This Way podcast, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the WDW Podcast. Check us out on Spotify and iTunes and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, thanks so much for listening and tune in next time for even more Disney magic. See ya!